This is FuelCast Georgia, an open forum modeling excellence in Georgia school nutrition through inspiring, engaging, and impactful conversations, connecting those who want to make a difference in the lives of our children and communities. Ladies and gentlemen, it's now time for FuelCast Georgia. So welcome to another exciting episode of FuelCast. We are your FuelCast hosts. I'm Rolandria, but you can call me Ro. And I'm Anna. You can just call me Anna. So Ro, who do we have here to talk to today? Well, following along with the theme of season two, we are still taking the opportunity to profile like wonderful professionals and partners in school nutrition at the district level. We've learned so much about the professional makeup of school nutrition and the heart that goes into service. Today, we have not one, but two guests joining us who work together to encourage lifelong nutrition to their students. So today, we have the pleasure of hosting Christina Nichols, School Nutrition Director in Cartersville City Schools, and Coach Connor Foster, Head Coach of Cartersville High School Football Team. Christina and Connor, welcome to FuelCast. We have to get the all-important question out of the way, and Christina, I'll let you go first. When you were eating in the cafeteria as a child, what was your favorite meal? So I actually have kind of a different answer to this. I My school did not have a cafeteria until I went to high school. And then when I went to high school, we had a window. Um, so we didn't even still have a cafeteria. So I'm from San Diego. So, you know, okay. we just would like perch on the side of a flower <laughs> bed and I'm not kidding. Um, and so we had like a window and our options, we could get a piece of pizza or, um, a chicken and rice burrito or a bean and rice burrito. And that was it between those options. I would probably choose the bean and rice burrito, but to be completely honest, um, I can wholeheartedly say that the food in Cartersville is the best school food that I've ever eaten in my life. (laughs) It still sounds delicious. Uh, coach Foster, tell us about what's your favorite. Yeah, I was, I was a chicken tenders and fries guy. Um, oh, yeah. Simple. You can't mess it up. Uh, they were good back then. They're still, they're even better now. And, and school pizza. Awesome. So you and I have something in common. My favorite cafeteria meal was the rectangular pizza. (laughs) What about you, Anna? (laughs) So I'm actually, I'm originally from Ackworth, which is not far from y'all at all. Um, and I went to Cobb County schools and my favorite was the chicken nachos, but the school pizza is always a A close second. I think it's everybody's fan favorite. Always. (laughs) So we're going to jump into some more serious questions. In context with the pandemic, like one thing the pandemic taught all of us is that school nutrition is a valuable collaborator. To that end, what does collaboration mean to each of you and how does collaboration help amplify your respective program's mission? Coach, I'll start with you. Obviously, a lot of families have struggled and there's been a lot of a lot of hardship. Um, but there's also been some positives that have, have come of it, and, and one of which has been a greater um, focus on collaboration within a school and maybe a refocus on what's really important. When it first went down, your immediate concern, are our babies getting fed? You know, our school nutrition program did an amazing job there, and we kind of have taken the ball and run with it from there. That was, that was kind of a, a launching point for us as far as, you know, working more closely with our school nutrition program to make sure and ensure that, that all of our, our student athletes are, are being taken care of. Awesome. So that's like a perfect segue. You mentioned that at the end of the day, it came to the heart of making sure children were fed. So Christine, I want to give you an opportunity to weigh in. So tell us a bit about what opportunities uh, for collaboration, have, what they've meant to you. Starting from, I'm going to say day one, but even before day one, we would not have been able to pull off what we pulled off during the pandemic without collaboration. I actually have um, 
a colleague who works at the CDC and she kind of floated it to me. She's like, what, what would school meals look like if we had to shut schools down? And this was kind of before everyone was talking about shutting school down. And I was like, what in the world are you talking about? You know, what shutting school down? What are we really there? I kind of had a little bit of a head start in thinking about what that would look like. And we, um, this summer of 2022, this will be our 20th year doing summer meals. And we have always provided summer meals. We are a city system, obviously within Bartow County. And we have always, as the city, provided summer meals for the entire Bartow County. And so we ramp up during the summer. And I was like, well, you know, just kind of going to that summer feeding model, the most successful way to feed students who are not on campus is via mobile routes. And so I was like, well, you know, all of our kids know where their bus stop is. I think we would just feed them on bus stops. And so in (laughs) collaboration with our transportation department and other school district personnel, we just kind of started that ball rolling kind of on day one of when we found out that we would be shutting schools down. And then we ramped that up that summer. You know, it was kind of like, okay, we have seen this need while school has been shut down. And how can we just grow that during the summer, knowing that, you know, it wasn't just the city's kids that we were trying to feed that summer. It was everybody um, kind of in the county. And so we actually collaborated with one of our local food pantries and the school nutrition department at Bartow County Schools. We would not have pulled off that summer without collaboration. That was no question. We served 5,000 meals a day. Partnership matters. And I also like the fact that you, your friend presented the question to you to give you an opportunity to start thinking about something that was coming that you may not even have been aware of. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty cool. And I think we've all seen the value of partnering and collaboration, connecting to organizations that we may not have had the opportunity to connect to prior to, has been able to amplify what we are able to to do for our children and within our communities. So kudos to both of you all. Coach Foster, you kind of mentioned a little bit about your support of school nutrition or that you think they do a great job, the new cafeteria. So with that, do you encourage your student athletes to eat school meals and why? Christina and I've talked a lot. So many of our young men go home at a caloric deficit, you know, between workouts in the mornings and practice in the evenings. And so we're, we're constantly worried about really trying to take care of, of the child, not not just in order for them to perform better on a football field, but uh, in order for them to be a better student. Um, you know, I always say, how can that child focus on math if they're hungry? School cafeteria actually provides uh, breakfast for our young men. They actually, we, we go get it and bring it down here to the field house. A lot of our guys eat breakfast in the cafeteria and then turn around and eat another breakfast uh, right there after after we lift weights. Uh, so we're trying to get those good calories in them. Uh, and then at lunch, I'm, I'm in the cafeteria constantly and I'm checking, checking to see what they're eating. When we're getting food from them, you're not just getting a sandwich. You know, you, those, they're invested in that relationship with that child. And so they're, they're going to make sure that they're pouring in, into them more than just that sandwich. It's, it's about that relationship. Um, you know, there's a smile that comes with it. There's, there's a, how are you that comes with it? They're, they're invested in, in the success of that young man beyond just keeping them fed. And that's what I really appreciate is that we're all working together to ensure really lifelong success. So not only are we giving them a biscuit or a sandwich or or chocolate milk, it's about trying to teach them, hey, these are the tools that you need to grow and these are the tools that are going to help you be successful. 
probably like about once a week, their weightlifting coach will come up and purchase a case of Uncrustables and usually like a yeah. hundred chocolate milks or so, so yeah. that they can kind of just have those stocked in there for the boys. I love hearing, you know, that you have your weightlifting coach go in purchasing the supplies from the school nutrition program, just furthering that collaboration. Something that people may think is kind of an everyday thing, but really with those options, making sure that you're supporting your school nutrition program. So if there was a coach in Georgia of any team, what would you tell them to encourage them to collaborate with their school nutrition department? Yeah, I would say build that relationship. We're constantly bouncing ideas off of each other. We've already started working on some new things for next year. And, and so when you're working with your school nutrition program, you're working with like-minded people, uh, people that want to grow, people that want to get better, people that are constantly looking for ways to take better care of your kids. And ultimately, those are the people that you want to surround yourself with. Awesome. So you guys kind of touched a little bit on this next question, but we know that the cafeteria is a space where we create an opportunity for children to develop lifelong eating habits. In addition to that, it's a space of socialization. They learn social graces. And to your point, Coach, they experience customer service from the school nutrition professionals in the cafeteria. But Christina, from a registered dietitian perspective, can you speak to the nutritional value of the food that's being served and how it supports them? It's so important that they get the requirements that they need, you know, obviously the calories, the fat, the carbohydrates, that balance. Um, and we know that all school meals meet those guidelines. You know, we have our strict USDA guidelines, um, nutrition guidelines that we follow, and we make sure that our students have enough food. Additionally, in Cartersville, we allow our students to get unlimited fruits and vegetables. That's just a policy that we have. And we just feel that if a student is hungry, they need food. That's our motto. Embroidered on every single one of my staff uniforms, it says every student fed, and that is really where our heart is. And so we ensure that our students have the requirements that they need, whether that's academic performance or um, athletic performance, um, and then that, that we just make sure that they have as much food as they need. And, and we all know that athletes are hungry, especially teenage boy athletes who are working out a lot. I mean, they could probably eat three lunches and um, still go back for more. Um, and so we make sure that we have options available to them that they like um, and that, you know, if they want to come back for some extra squash casserole, that's just a policy that we have that we will let them get that. That's awesome that they know they can come back for more because like you said, the general population of athletes, they stay hungry. So they're mm -hmm. always wanting more is definitely an option. Does How does offer versus serve play into that whole scheme of ensuring that they get what they want? Yeah, so we make sure um, that every student that comes through the line, you know, we have um, we have two hot vegetable options every day. People love our roasted Brussels sprouts. Those are often on the menu. We have roasted asparagus, um, squash casserole is sometimes one of those hot vegetables. And then in addition to that, we have a salad bar on every single line every day. And then we have at least two, if not three, or sometimes four fruit options, just depending on what we have. We serve the entree to make sure that the students are getting a meat, meat alternate and the grains that are required. And then the students choose their vegetables and they know, you know, if they get squash casserole, they need to also get a fruit. Um, our cashiers, we have kind of drilled that into them and our students just know. I mean, you just watch in the cafeteria and those kids know. They serve themselves all of their fruits and vegetables. And so if they just want one Brussels sprout, they can get one Brussels sprout to try that. Um, but then they know that they do have to meet that half cup. So then they'll get, you know, 
a fruit in addition to that. Um, and like I said, that's kind of our cashiers are, are very much on it with that. And then in terms of seconds, we will charge them a side, um, but we don't charge them a whole nother meal if they come back to get additional. Awesome. So it sounds like yeah. kids in Cartersville are fed. I mean, really yeah, fed. Sure yeah. <laughs> we, we try to work as hard as we can to not only meet our kids needs, um, but also kind of stay in all those guidelines and just kind of serve as good of food as we can. We try to yeah. set it up on the menu plan and the operational side so that my staff can just kind of roll and the kids know what to do. That's wonderful. It's so immensely valuable for you all to have a registered dietitian because you know that your students, your athletes, they're getting a nutritionally sound meal and it seems like they can get as much as they need. So, Mm -hmm. you know, what are some positive outcomes that you see on your side as a result of your children consuming school meals? So our coaches constantly moving through there and checking in on them and and loving on them and, and then setting a good example by eating in the cafeteria as often as possible themselves. And, you know, I'll, I'll say this, and this is this kind of goes off on a tangent just a little bit, and I'll come back to it. Those those meals, you know, for me, those meals are opportunities um, to open up doors for, for great conversation. You know, Christina and I talked very early on. To me, families eat together. We do pregame meals. You, you're talking about an opportunity to, to really sit and, and get to invest in a child beyond just what happens on the playing field. Uh, you know, when you share a meal together, what a wonderful opportunity to get to know their story. What a wonderful opportunity uh, to get to know what makes them tick and to develop those relationships. And I'm just so thankful, um, you know, to work in a school system that fosters that, to, to work with the nutrition program that's a huge piece of it. And that's certainly not lost on our football program. So beyond the meal itself is the opportunity that it affords us. And I'm so appreciative of that. And then also the confidence that, that we're getting a well-balanced meal. Because here's the deal, you know, those those boys are hungry. They're either going to yes. go get it from the from the cafeteria and, and they're going to get uh, productive calories or they're going to go get it from the vending machine or somewhere else that's going to be empty calories. And I've seen a big difference as especially seeing our cafeteria and where it's at now. And I'm seeing less and less kids at the vending machine. Uh, and it's amazing um, the difference that it's made, um, you know, because of the healthy options that we have in our cafeteria. Awesome. So we appreciate you all for creating a case and thank you for letting parents know that their teenagers are being fed well in school nutrition and, you know, more specifically in Cartersville City Schools and that all student athletes would benefit from eating school meals. So thank you all for making that point. You know, and it's got to make you feel good, not just as a coach, but also as a parent of students in the system, that all the students there, not just athletes, future musicians, actors, mathematicians, you know, teachers, every registered dietitians, maybe, um, every kid in between is being considered. So we actually did a little bit of digging on y'all before the interview. Oh boy. Um, we <laughs> read that Coach Foster, you actually graduated from Cartersville High School and played for the Purple Hurricanes football team. Um, so that must be a testament to the impact that the school had on you if you're willing to come back and be a teacher there. So what differences and updates have you noticed in the school since you've been there in the school as a whole but also in school nutrition how is it different <laughs> it's a special place and it's a tremendous honor to to be back home and to be serving this community you know we, we got a great opportunity in our community and in the school system to leave a great legacy uh, with our young people and encourage them to come back and give back and I'm an example of, of that and and not of my own doing. I had great people that poured into me and encouraged me, hey, when your time comes, let's let's come back and make this place better. 
my, my family is, is dedicated to that endeavor and blessed with the opportunity to do it moving forward. And it means the world to see to me to see my little ones grow up uh, wearing purple and gold and rooting for the for the purple hurricanes and uh, to see all those little eyes um, on our players on Friday nights. We talk a lot about uh, legacy in our program and it being bigger than just winning football games. It's about teaching the next group what it means to serve our community, what it means to be a student athlete, uh, what it means to play the game the right way. So, you know, specifically as far as, you know, school nutrition goes, it's it's just leaps and bounds. It's just what they're what they're able to do now, uh, the quality of the food and the options that we're able to afford are just are amazing. And also the communication. Now they use social media, they use email and just so many different platforms to, to be in communication and in collaboration uh, with all of our stakeholders. And uh, they just do a tremendous job of that in keeping people informed and giving parents and our uh, kids options that we didn't have in the past. We saw you've been with Cartersville City um, for a few years now. What are some positive changes that you've um, seen or enacted in this time that you're most proud of? Yeah, so this is um, going on my seventh year here. That high school, I feel like I I have just poured so much of um, my passion and dedication to school nutrition into our high school cafeteria and of course to our little our little ones too but we've had we've had I think four different managers at our high school um, since I've been here and so I have been very hands-on with the high school including um, this past year when like I said we were under construction um, and then finally in November we were able to open our new cafeteria and that saying you get out of it what you put into it um, I am a firm believer in that and I feel like we have all gotten so much out of that high school because my staff put so much into that high school. You know, we had to pare back our menu a lot this past fall, but once we were able to open those lines, it was on. My staff was so tired of cooking food that could be served in the hallway, and we have just done everything that we can to bring back um, some creativity in the kitchen. One of the biggest things that I remember, probably I had been here maybe a year, maybe two years, we were looking at menus and trying to get some new ideas. Like I said, I'm from San Diego, so I know I'm like a weird Californian. Um, <laughs> we cook vegetables other ways than, you know, in California. Let's bring some of that out here. I was looked at like I had three heads. Like, you really want me to roast these uh, Brussels sprouts right now? Like I said, that one has just caught on and people just love our roasted Brussels sprouts. And so I'm a little bit, I, uh, again, can't believe I'm saying this on a podcast because I'm a little bit embarrassed about that. I feel like I need to, you know, not be so stereotypical like this registered dietitian coming from California. Like, let's roast some Brussels sprouts. Everybody's going to be so excited. Um, but truly, you know, I think roasting roasting vegetables has been just kind of opened a new avenue for an additional hot vegetable. And so now we're able to offer kind of more. And of course, we still offer like the delicious Southern style green beans and all of, um, you know, our traditional Southern food that I have gotten a true education in from some of our staff members who have been here for decades and who are masters, um, master, master chefs. Um, And so we really, really rely on our staff to know how to cook these things properly and to batch cook them because we all know that um, not everything kind of holds up on the line. I'm just so proud of my staff. And and my philosophy is high quality meals with a lot of variety. You know, we have the base. We we do chicken tenders and French fries every single day at the high school, you know, and we do it 
once a week at our middle school. And, you know, we have chicken bites on rotation at least once a week at our primary and our elementary school. We know that kids are going to eat those things. But when it comes to those little extras, um, we really target those at the middle school and the high school because we know that kids are more likely to pick those up at those older ages. And particularly if they see their peers picking them up. And yes, it's an it's a slightly more expensive product, but not it's not going to scale the way that chicken tenders and French fries are ever. And so it's just that exposure and kids seeing it over and over and over, it becomes a normal food that they see. So then when they see it, you know, on their dinner plate at home or out at a friend's house, you know, they're more likely to pick it up. And so that's kind of why um, we try to get as much variety as we can. I see, I see a lot more of our football players targeting asparagus and the Brussels sprouts. It's been amazing. Yeah. Years ago, I would have never seen that. Right. Uh, you know, it would have been a kind of a deal where they said, make sure you get your vegetable. Now I see people going to to that line. Um, and that's really encouraging. Right. Well, and it's hard, too, because it's like, yeah, one case of asparagus might be $30, which that on its own is not, you know, to have enough. But if it's an extra option, then mm-hmm. it becomes a little bit more affordable. And mm-hmm. so that's kind of one of those tricks that I feel like it's good for people to know. So yeah. that's amazing. That and that's repetition. our goal. That's what we mm-hmm. want to see. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And it's hard. I mean, don't get me wrong. It is not easy. And especially mm-hmm. here lately, you know, with so much turnover, because it does require that special person who knows how to cook hot vegetables. Like we have our hot vegetable person in our kitchens mm-hmm. and that person, you know, that's a coveted position. And we are picky about who's in that position because right. not everybody can do it. But the diversity and thought, like, even though you coin yourself as a weird California girl, it, your diversity and thought brought something new to school nutrition in Georgia and Cartersville City Schools. So that's always a great opportunity to challenge, you know, norms so we can innovate and expand our horizons. Imagine you, you've given children another opportunity to eat Brussels sprouts in a different way. We appreciate your California. Your <laughs> You'll West forgive Coast me influence. for that. <laughs> they still hit on the traditional stuff. We just bought cinnamon rolls from the cafeteria and they were incredible. Coach Foster, are you a teacher as well? Or you just yes, are, do you see differences in the classroom, like in terms of focus when children consume school meals? Tell us a little bit about that, since you kind of work in a dual capacity. Sure. So I'm I'm in a non-traditional classroom. I'm in the weight room. Taught social studies in the past, and there's a huge difference when you get to probing other teachers and trying to figure out, you know, what's going on with a student that may be having some issues. A lot of times, you know, you, you'll find there's there's specific times during the day when maybe they're struggling, mm-hmm. and sometimes that's that's related to the caloric deficit um, or just the, just the child that's hungry. Or you see when the classes that they perform well in, a lot of times it's right in the morning when they've been fed breakfast or in the afternoon when they've been fed lunch. So that kind of mid morning or late morning time is where it can get tricky for some of those young people. And, you know, that's that's why we lift weights first thing in, in the morning. It's a big part of it is I know that they've been fed once and I'm about to feed them again. Um, <laughs> I can tell when somebody's having it, maybe a tougher day in the weight room and I'll say, have you eaten this morning? And then they, you know, they'll drop their head. Uh, the kids have bought into it. They, they understand the, the nutritional piece is a huge part of their success. Like I said, once you start to collaborate with other teachers and kind of start to ask some questions, sometimes you find some kids that are struggling and, and it's something that's fixable. That's, that's what gives you hope. You know, right. something that, that that collaboration piece that we talked about earlier is fixable and, and you get the right people involved and, and it makes a huge uh, difference in their academic success. Share with us any other valuable collaborations. I just find such value in collaborating with um, other folks in our school district, such as our social workers and our maintenance department yeah. and our communication department. 
Um, and I think Coach Foster touched on this a little bit, but Cartersville is truly, truly a special place. I have never been somewhere with such a strong community and everybody is just kind of willing to go above and beyond. Um, and I really think that that is how we are able to accomplish our vision of every student fed. Um, and it's thanks to, to everyone working together and having such strong relationships. Awesome. So I do have another question. I'll start with you, Coach Foster. The largest group of listeners uh, of FuelCast are, in fact, Georgia School Nutrition Professionals, and we know this episode will have heightened interest in your district. Um, Speak to the people directly serving those bright smiles and warm meals to students every day. Like, what's one thing you'd like to say to Georgia School Nutrition Professionals? Yeah, thank you. Thank you for all that you do for our young people every day. Um, you know, I, I'm a product. Uh, my children are coming to the schools now. My wife is a teacher. I love these kids. You know, I, I'm drawn to that. I love people that are passionate about what they do. I love people that are passionate about young people. I love people that recognize that, that what they're doing is is not just serving a meal, but, you know, making their day a little bit brighter. Uh, we certainly need more of that uh, in today's world. Thank you. Christine, I want to give you an opportunity to chime in. So, you know, speak to the people directly. What would you say to Georgia School Nutrition Professionals? I would 100% echo what Coach Foster said, which is thank you. Um, we There is no way that we could pull off feeding our students the delicious food and all of the options that we're able to serve our students without our dedicated staff who show up to work every day and do the absolute best that they can do. That is, it doesn't just happen. It happens because people show up and put in the effort and go that extra mile to make sure because not everyone, you know, it might just be one person that sees that food from the time that it's cooked to put on the line and to make sure that it is a quality product every single time that it's on the line, that comes down to that individual employee. Um, And then to make sure that each child is greeted with a smile, again, it comes down to that individual employee. And that, and it really can turn a child's day around. I mean, I have literally seen breakfast turn a child's day around because they were so excited that, you know, that it was sausage biscuit day because that's their absolute favorite. And for, to see a kid, you know, especially the little kids, you know, like walk in and there's just something so genuine about a little kid who's sad, you know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. who's, and to see them walk in and then that sausage biscuit turn that day around um, and that little that little smile and the joy that that can bring, that is because of our staff. It doesn't just happen. It's because of, because of your dedication. So thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you all. Thank you both. We've asked a lot of questions about your program, your philosophy on school nutrition, but now we want to know a little bit more about you as people. So Christina, we'll start with you. What do you do on the weekend when you're not busy being a registered dietitian, school nutrition leader extraordinaire? Well, I have a daughter. She is just about to turn three, and she is just the absolute joy of my life. And I'm very fortunate that my parents live nearby. And so um, my daughter and my husband and my parents and I um, get to spend a lot of time together. And I know some people wouldn't love that, but I absolutely love that. And I feel very 
blessed along with them. And sometimes by myself, I will um, garden. That is one of my favorite things, especially this time of year. My daughter is helping me plant some flowers yesterday. It's just so fun. I absolutely love to read and running outside is is something that I love to do as well. And Coach Foster, but when you do get free time, what do you like to do? Uh, we have three children, uh, seven, five, and three-year-old. Then we're actually expecting number four in July. So we're, we're busy chasing babies and, you know, they're starting to play ball, which is so much fun now. They're starting to play t-ball and softball and we're getting our first taste of um, going to games every night and practices and scrambling. And when I do get a little free time, I like to hunt and fish. Um, and that's, that's about it. Not, not, uh, not too much to me. Thank you both. So we do want to extend our, our genuine thank you for you all taking the opportunity to share with us today. It's been a very much an inspirational exchange. And some of the highlights that I got from you all's conversation emphasize the value of collaboration. You know, talked about caloric deficits and that they really matter, but the school nutrition program can step in and help support those deficits not be there. We've enjoyed seeing the partnership that you all have fostered over the past few years as you work together to support your athletes, your students, your school, your county. So thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. Look out for more insightful discussions connecting those who want to make a difference in the lives of our children and communities. And connect with us online via Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or LinkedIn using the hashtag FuelingGA. You can also email us at FuelingGA at Godot.org. We welcome your views, episode suggestions, and feedback. Until next time, the Georgia School Nutrition Program is fueling Georgia's future with excellence, one school meal at a time.